for kicking off a new series today that we're basically calling Essentials. Okay, we're basically calling Essentials. And we're going to kind of keep this sermon series going through, uh, through the summer. Because what are the essentials for the mission of the church? How many of you know we're a church? We're, we're a church, right? That's, that's, you showed up this morning at? Church. Good job. Okay, so you came to church this morning. You're in church. Good job. We're going to get along great, okay? We're going to get along great. You know you're in church, right? This means yes, this means... Okay, very good. Um, so, so one of the essentials, as we, um, as we did some of these uh, gatherings over the last couple weeks, over the last few months, um, I, 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 was asked, I was asked the question, we, we've been kind of um, playing these get-to-know-you games quite a bit, and one of the questions was, if you could see one miracle, if you could ask God for one miracle, what would it be? Or, or like if you could do something or something that no one else has done, if you could be the first ever to do something that no one else has done, what would it be? You know, it was something along those lines. And for me, for me, and you kind of got to bear with your pastor this morning, okay? You can, you can um, you know, you can blame the, the, the day quilt if you want to. But um, you got to bear with your pastor a little bit this morning. But for me, when, when I hear that question, when I think about that question and and my role as a pastor um, at Summit Church, here's what I think about. If I could see anything in the world today, I would love, I would give anything to see an Acts church today. To see a church that reflects what the church in Acts looked like. I'd give anything. And, and one of the things, um, as I was meeting with some guys through the winter, we were kind of reading chapter by chapter through Acts, and we'd get together on Tuesdays for lunch, and we'd talk about it a little bit. And what always struck me was this, how much the church got done because they were driven by the Holy Spirit. How much the church got done because they were driven by the Holy Spirit. How much they relied on the Holy Spirit. And so, if we're going to jump into Acts, if we're going to jump into essentials of the mission of the church, the first place we have to start, because it starts Acts 1-8, we talked about it last Sunday, you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. Right? And so, and so, and so if we're going to start here, then, then we have to start with the Holy Spirit. So today's message is about the Holy Spirit. Today's message is about the Holy Spirit. A.W. Tozer um, was preaching a message one time, and he says this about the Holy Spirit. If the Holy Spirit was withdrawn from the church today, 95% of what we do would go on and no one would know the difference. If the Holy Spirit had been withdrawn from the New Testament church, i.e. the Acts church, 95% of what they did would stop and everybody would know the difference. Did you catch that? If the Holy Spirit was withdrawn from the church today, 95% of what we do would go on and no one would know the difference. If the Holy Spirit had been withdrawn from the New Testament church, 95% of what they did would stop and everybody would know the difference. There was a navigator. Uh, I don't, Russ talked about the navigators last week and the navigators are all over the world. There was a navigator that I think was on furlough or something in the United States. I think he was an African pastor. Um, Russ is back there. He can tell you the, the real story uh, in between services because I might be butchering it, but 
um, he, he was visiting American churches for six months. And at the, at the end of his time here, he was heading back to Africa to go back to pastor his church there. And he was asked, what did you think about the American church? What did you think about how things happen over here? And his response was, it's amazing how much you do without the Holy Spirit. It's amazing how hard the church works without the Holy Spirit. It's amazing. It's amazing. And what I hope to do today, because we, listen, to, to talk about the Holy Spirit in one week, not fair. To talk about the Holy Spirit in three weeks, like we're going to do, not even doing it justice, okay? Not even doing Him justice. But, but what I'm hoping to show you today is an illustration, talk about the Holy Spirit, a couple things that are available to us, and then for us to start praying through what it would look like for us as individuals to be driven by the Holy Spirit. Because, because here's how this works. Here's, what I, here's how this looks, right? If I'm driven by the Holy Spirit, Josh and Anna are driven by the Holy Spirit, the Hewlett family is driven by the Holy Spirit, Gloria, the Newcombs, Stanley, the Willets, you know, so on and so forth. If we're all focused on being driven in our lives by the Holy Spirit, guess what happens when we get together collectively? Woo! Party! Party! Party, right? And a Holy Spirit celebration. So I'm hoping you see that today. Because I think the Holy Spirit, for far too long in the church, has been this mystical God. Has been this thing out there that you don't talk about. Because if you talk about it, then you're the church that speaks in tongues, and then there's prophecy, and then you've got people all running around and all that stuff. Right? My hope is to show you from Scripture what the Holy Spirit does, who He is, and the power that's available to us through Him. Cool? You guys ready? It's going to be awesome. It's going to be awesome. So turning your Bibles to John chapter 14, that's where we're going to start. The reality today, kind of our main point, our main issue, the, the, the thing that we're going to kind of wrestle through today is this, that there's a disconnect with who we are and, the, and who the Holy Spirit is. There's a disconnect with who we are and who the Holy Spirit is. So if you're writing notes, you can kind of write that down as the main idea. There's a disconnect between who we are, excuse me, with who we are and who the Holy Spirit is. John chapter 14, get this. If you were um, around back around Christmas time, I think I, I think I talked through this. John 14, starting in verse 12. Truly, truly, I say to you, who's speaking here? Jesus, good job. Anytime you're asked a question in church, you can always answer Jesus. You can never go wrong, okay? Jesus. All right, truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do, and greater works than these he will do because I am going to the Father. Whatever you ask in my name, this I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. Now, I, I, I wish that we could unpack this a little bit more because it, I, I I hope that you catch the promise that Jesus is making there. As He is transitioning into glory, whatever you ask in My name, I will do. I will do. For the glory of who? The Father. The Son. Right? Okay, let's keep going. Uh, verse 14. If you ask Me anything in My name, I will do it. If you love me, you'll keep my commandments. 
And I will ask the Father and He will give you another helper. Right? Helper. Underline that. Star that. To be with you forever. Even the Spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees Him nor knows Him. You know Him for He dwells with you and will be with you. Now, the first thing we have to understand about the Holy Spirit is that He is a helper. He's a helper. The Holy Spirit is our helper. The Holy Spirit in us is greater, get this, the Holy Spirit in us is greater than Jesus beside us. The Holy Spirit in us is greater than the Jesus beside us. See, I always, when I was in youth ministry, I, I did a talk um, a few times where I went to different students and, a, and, I, and I would kind of open the talk up and then I would close it down with, you know, you know, how would your life look differently if Jesus was right next to you? If, if He was on that date with you, if He was in that movie theater with you, if He was in that car with you, if He was, you know, so on and so forth, if He was walking the halls of your school with you, if He was doing this, if He was doing that, right? How would your life be differently? How would you respond differently? And I would kind of close the talk with, well, guess what? He is with you. And while that's true, what's greater is the Holy Spirit within us. And one thing we have to notice here from John chapter 14 is that Jesus had to do, He had to complete the work of the cross, the resurrection, and the ascension, he, which we're going to get to in just a minute in Acts chapter 1. He had to complete that. Why? Because the Helper was coming. The Helper was coming. And He says, you'll be able to do even greater works. You'll be able to do even greater miracles. There will be more available to you because the Helper is coming. The first thing we have to understand about the Holy Spirit is that He is our Helper. Now, I have a way to remember this. The Greek for Helper, the Greek for the Holy Spirit, is paraclete. That's the Greek word for the Holy Spirit. Which sounds, if you think about it, it sounds a lot like a paracletes. Doesn't it? And when you think about a paracletes, What's the benefit of a paracletes? Traction. Helping on the football field, or in this case, the soccer field. You can tell these aren't very worn. My soccer career was very short this past winter. Um, not a lot of PT for me. Anyway, um, but, uh, but, 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 you know, paraclete, paracletes, you'll never forget this, right? You know, you know, you're, just, you're just always, all right, the helper, the cleats, the traction. Helping, right? Okay, good. We got there. All right. All right. Paraclete, similar to a paraclete. Okay, number two. So, number one, the Holy Spirit is our helper. Number two, the Holy Spirit is our power. Acts 1.8, right? Let's back up, though. Let's read, let's read the introduction here to the book of Acts. Acts chapter 1, starting in verse 1. In the first book, O Theophilus, I have dealt with all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day when He was taken up after He had given commands through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom He had chosen. Now, time out, real quick. One thing we've got to know about Acts, if we're going to spend the summer kind of walking through different pieces of Acts, different parts of Acts, we're not going to go verse by verse. We're going to kind of jump through and around the book. But one thing we've got to know about Acts, who wrote the book of Acts? Luke, right? 
Did Luke write any other book? This, this thing is yes. Yeah, which one? Luke! Very good! Give yourselves a hand. All right. Good. We're having some fun this morning. It's more that it was kicking off the summer. Okay, right? So this is Luke's second book, right? This is his second book. So this is a follow-up to the Gospel of Luke, right? So he says of Theophilus, I've dealt with all that Jesus began to do and teach, right? So this is like Jesus continued. This is, this is, this is part two, okay? Uh, until the day when he was taken up after he had given commands to the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen, which is about to happen, he presented himself alive to them after his suffering by many proofs, appearing to them during 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. While staying with them, he ordered them not to depart for the promise of the Father, which he said, you heard from me, for John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Verse 6, so when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, it is not for you to know times or seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authorship. One more time. Time out real quick. This is for free. This isn't even in my notes. That right there ought to set us free. It is not for you to know the time, the date, all of those things by with which these things are going to happen. So many people have given their lives, right, to, to figuring this thing out, to, to doing this, to doing that. What is essential? But, he says in verse 8, you will receive power, underline it, star it, when the Holy Spirit, when that Helper has come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. So not only is the Holy Spirit our Helper, the Holy Spirit's our power. The Holy Spirit's our Helper. The Holy Spirit's our power. Our power. Then look at verse 2, 1 through 4. What happens in between here, the rest of chapter 1 into, into chapter 2, I'll just highlight it real quick. Uh, Jesus ascends into heaven, right? Jesus ascends into heaven, then two angels appear, right? Where, where, where uh, the, the, all the apostles, about 140 people, are standing around. They're gazing into heaven as Jesus is ascending. Then these two angels show up and they're like, Why are you still looking into heaven? Jesus gave you a job to do. Go. 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 Fulfill the mission of the church. Fulfill the mission of the church. And go, they did, with the help of the Holy Spirit, under the power of the Holy Spirit. Right? Verse, chapter 2, verse 1. When the day of Pentecost arrived, they were all together in one place. What's Pentecost? Think about this. 50 days, right? Pentecost means 50, right? 50 days after what? The Passover feast. 50 days after the Passover feast. Right? So the day of Pentecost, they were all together in one place, and suddenly there came from heaven a sound like a mighty rushing wind. Wind. Underline that. And it filled the entire house where they were sitting. And divided tongues as of fire, underline that, appeared to them and rested on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Okay, there's two words I want you to focus on here. Because the people of this time, the early church, when they were gathered for Pentecost, 50 days after the Passover feast, when they were gathered, they would have known exactly what was happening because of two words. 
wind, and fire. Two descriptive words here that describe the Holy Spirit. Wind and fire. They would have known exactly what was happening. Why? I'm glad you asked. Because if you flip back to Exodus chapter 13, just give me a couple of minutes here. Do, 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 do. Oh, okay, there we are. Exodus chapter 13, right? What's happened here? The Israelites were freed by Moses from Pharaoh's rule, right? They're, they're on their way to the promised land. They're almost to the Red Sea. You're talking about thousands and thousands and thousands of people traveling, and you get to Exodus chapter 13, verses 21-22, and it's almost not doing it fair justice to just jump into this story right here, but I want you to see the correlation with Acts chapter 2. Exodus chapter 13, verses 21 and 22. And the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of cloud to lead them along the way, and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light, that they might travel by day and by night, the pillar of cloud by day, and the pillar of fire by night, did not depart from the people. Okay. My least favorite subject in school, art. But this morning, without the permed fro, I'm going to channel my inner Bob Ross, okay? <laughs> so, I'm, I'm a lefty, so all you people... I'm going to have to, I'll, I'll move around. I promise you, I'll move around, okay? So, pillar of cloud by day, fire by night. Wind, fire. You see the, you see the correlation? So, in the Old Testament, in the Old Testament, right? Old Testament, you had this pillar, okay? You, you guys ready for this? This pillar. Man, that's incredible right there. Isn't that pretty? Doesn't that kind of look like a bunch of circles? Okay. Um, this is supposed to be, right, our pillar. Right? Our pillar. Okay? Cloud by day. Okay? Fire by night. Okay? Cloud by day. Fire by night. And what was the pillar doing? Four things. Four things from Exodus 13 we see that the pillar was doing. Right? Um... These were people that were being brought from slavery into freedom. These were people that were being brought from slavery into freedom. This showed the Israelites that God was going to lead them. This showed the Israelites that God was going to lead them. That He was going to lead them. And not only that He was going to lead them, but that He was going to lead them fearlessly. That He was going to lead them fearlessly. Pillar of cloud by day, fire by night. As long as you follow that thing in front of you, which can you just imagine for a second what that would have been like? Out in the desert, and you see this, you see this pillar of cloud by day, this, these winds, these rushing things, and then at night, this fire that you can't explain, this picture that you can't understand, but yet it's leading you, and as long as you follow that, you know that you can be fearless. Wow. It was there to show the Israelites that God was going to lead them. Secondly, secondly, not only that He was going to lead them, but that He was going to 
protect him. He was going to protect them. He was going to protect them. He was going to give them light, right? He was going to give them light so that, so that whether it was daytime, whether it was nighttime, it says that in Exodus 13, 21 there, whether it was daytime, whether it was nighttime, they had light to travel. He was going to protect them. He was going to protect them. This pillar shows the Israelites that he was going to protect them. Number three, number three, Um, I'm just going to put with. But if you look up on the screen, the presence of God was going to be with them every day. This pillar of cloud by, by day, fire by night, was to show the Israelites that the presence of God was going to be with them every day. Every day. That the presence of God was going to be with them every day. He was going to lead them. He was going to protect them. He was going to be with them. Talk about confidence. I wonder how long it would have taken them to take this for granted. In fact, if you kind of think ahead a little bit, Exodus, you know, late 20s, early 30s, the golden calf thing didn't, didn't take them too long. It's good to know we've come a long way to not take things like this for granted. But, the, but these three things, can you imagine the confidence that the Israelites had? And then number four, number four, God is preparing their hearts. God was preparing the hearts of those who would follow Him. So this was huge. He was going to lead them fearlessly. He was going to protect them, light by by day and, and fire by night, the wind by day, the fire by night. He was going to lead them so that they could travel the whole time. The presence of God was going to be with them every day. God was preparing the hearts of those who would follow Him. Let's get back to Acts. This is, this, this is about to... Whew, this is good. Acts 2, 5-11, through 11, right? So the Holy Spirit had come, wind, fire, had fallen, the two descriptors there of the Holy Spirit. Verse 5, now there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men, from every nation under heaven. So again, again, their minds, when the, when the, when the, when the wind starts rushing, when the fire falls, their minds go here, right? They would have known exactly what was happening. They would have known exactly what was happening. Why? Because they heard those things were passed down from generation to generation to generation. And so they would have studied this. They would have known pillar of cloud by day, fire by night, the two descriptors of the Holy Spirit. And so then when the wind rushed, when the fire fell, those Jews would have known exactly what was happening. Isn't that awesome? No question in their mind, okay? No question in their mind. Verse 6. Where am I? There we go. Verse 6. And at, the sound, at this sound, the multitude came together. They were bewildered because each one was hearing them speak in his own language. And they were amazed and astonished, saying, Are not all these who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear each of us in his own native language? Parthians and Medes and uh, Elamites and residents of Mesopotamia and Judea and Cappadocia and Pontus and, and Asia and 
uh, I always get that one wrong. The P one, and then Pamphylia, Egypt, and the parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabians. Jeez. We hear them telling in our own tongues the mighty works of God. And all were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, what does this mean? What does this mean? What does this mean? You know, the mission of the church is driven by the power of the Holy Spirit. We have a helper. Have you ever done this? Have you ever thought to yourself, man, I can't wait. I can't wait to get to heaven. Have you ever done that? Have you ever done that? I can't wait to get to heaven because I want to talk to Daniel. I want to talk to Daniel and know what it was like to be in that lion's den. Or, or I want to talk to those Israelites because I, I want to hear the story, Jen, from their lips about what it was like to walk across on dry land, that Red Sea. I, you know, I want to talk uh, to, to the um, Shad, me, and uh, that old billy goat, right? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, right? I want to talk to those three guys. Man, I want to hear what that was like and the, the boldness that they had, right? I mean, I mean we, we, all, we all talk about, you know, and, and, and we all have that conversation. It's fun. It's fun to think about, right? Talking to some of those Old Testament guys. Because, because really, what you see here, right, is all these Old Testament guys, people, right, that were being led by God, the presence of God, right, that were being led by the presence of God. But here's the reality. You know what all these people longed for? Was what we have today. Because what we have today, whoops, That's a pillar up top. Is the Holy Spirit inside of us? And the mission of the church There we go. So I think Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego would run up to us and say, say, Karen, I gotta know. What was it like to have the Holy Spirit with you, inside you, his presence protecting you, leading you, helping you, and living by his power within you every day? I gotta know, Jeff, what was it like to have the Holy Spirit in you? I need to know. Daniel running up to Doris and saying, Doris, tell me, when you taught that Bible study on Tuesday morning, what was it like to have the Holy Spirit in you? I gotta know. And yet, how long does it take us to take that for granted? You know, sometimes I'm jealous of new Christians. Sometimes I'm jealous of new Christians who 
still believe in the power of God and they haven't been jaded by the rest of us, by that church experience we went through years ago, or you, 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 hear, you hear my heart? Because they're not taking this for granted yet. They're still excited to read the Word of God. They go home, they're like, I'm going to read the Pentateuch tonight. I'm going to read Genesis. I might read the whole Old Testament before, before morning. Because they still believe that God wants to lead them, protect them, be with them, and prepare their hearts for what He has in store for them. Therefore, go, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. The mission of the church. We're not alone in that. There's power and there's help as we go. Paul tells Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verses 1 through 7, this. And I want to focus on verse 7, but. I didn't think we could hit verse 7 without hitting the first six verses. Paul says, I thank God whom I serve, as did my ancestors with a clear conscience, as I remember you constantly in my prayers night and day. As I remember your tears, I long to see you that I may be filled with joy. I'm reminded of your sincere faith, the faith that first dwelt in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice now. And now, I'm sure, dwells in you as well. For this reason, I remind you to fan into the flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. Verse 7, for God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power and love and self-control. If the Holy Spirit was withdrawn from the church today, 95% of what we would do, of what we do would go on and no one would know the difference. If the Holy Spirit had been withdrawn from this Acts church, because you, you, know, you, know, you know the rest of Acts too, and I'm sure we'll hit it at some point this summer. The end of Acts 2, 3,000 get saved in one day. 3,000. Get saved in one day because the church believed and were led by the power and through the help of the Holy Spirit. For God gave us a spirit, not of fear, but of power and of love and of self-control. The worship team is going to come this morning. And we can... Get rid of this, somebody. And my question for you is, very simple, very simple. Travis, I don't get all of this today. Great. That's good. My question for you today is, what is your relationship with the Holy Spirit? What is your relationship with the Holy Spirit? There's a, there's a book out right now that I recommend um, by Francis Chan. It's called The Forgotten God. I think it came out probably eight or nine years ago. The Forgotten God. And it's all 
on the Holy Spirit. Notice the title, The Forgotten God. Because see, for, for many of us, when it comes to a relationship with the Holy Spirit, this helper, this power, this one that wants to lead us, protect us, guide us, be with us, right? This, 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 this cloud, this presence that goes with us, right? For, for, for many of us, we don't even give it a thought. We don't even give it a thought. We, instead, of, instead of a relationship with the Holy Spirit, we're just, we're just trying to do the church checklist. I mean, pa- Pastor, I have a hard enough time reading my Bible 10 minutes a day. Pastor, I have a hard enough time remembering to pray. Pastor, I have a hard enough time, you know, thinking about this or thinking about that. Now, now you want me to think about a relationship with the Holy Spirit? Like, here, here's the thing. For the next week, two weeks, as we talk through the Holy Spirit, here's what I want you to do. Ask God to reveal Himself through the power of the Holy Spirit in your life. Just ask Him. Say, say God, I, I really don't get this. God, I really don't understand this. God, everything that Travis was saying on Sunday kind of makes sense to me. Like, like, I, like, I hear what he's saying, this power, this protection, you know, this help, you know, the, the paracletes, you know, all that stuff, right? I, I get that, I get that. But God, I want to know. I need to know your power more and more. I need to know who you are more and more. God, I want to understand who you are in the power of your Holy Spirit. Would you commit to praying with me that way? That we as the church would come into an understanding of the Holy Spirit that we've never known before. And that together, He would make all the difference in and through this church for His glory and for the power of His resurrection and the Gospel going forth in the state of Maine. That's the mission of the church. That's the mission of the church. And we, and we have options. Jeez. I mean, we have more options than, than anybody, than any, church, than any generation of churches ever. We can reach people with smoke machines and cool stuff and this and that. We, I mean, we can go out, we could do all these things, or... We can be driven by the power of the Holy Spirit and watch how God transforms lives. That's the church I see. So would you join me in praying that prayer? God, it's not mystical. It's not hidden in your word that we have to pick it out and dissect it. God, the, the, the power of your Holy Spirit is right there in front of us. And is essential to the mission of your church.
And so, God, I pray right now on my own and asking the people here to agree with me. God, I pray that you take the things away that are not of your Holy Spirit right now in the church. God, that you put a stop to them. And that, God, we would be driven by the power and the help of your Holy Spirit to carry out your mission for your church in this land. God, help us if we insert any of ourselves in that. Take us out of the way. Break our traditions. Break Uh, the pictures that are hanging in our minds of what church ought to be like because that's how we were raised. Break it and replace it with your spirit. In the name of Jesus, amen.